Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Pictards Podcast. This is Drew, the pragmatic and bleeding heart cyclops of this podcast. I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot critic, and Kenny of the podcast. And I'm the magically undefeated Miss Mo, master of spoilers and lover of nobos. And hoisters, we are we are Lizless, spark plug list this week, but she will be stepping in whenever we need her. And this is a podcast with nothing much ado about aircrafts and potentially everything to do with the first episode of a filmic series. Uh, disclaimer. Uh, Petard is a word. It's a real word. Petards are bombs. Look it up. Read your Shakespeare and incorporate it in your daily vocabulary. You will impress someone that you know. In addition, Pilots and Petards is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. And we'd like to thank today's sponsor, Fitz, for the ad-free listening. Thank you, Fitz. And thank you for HBO Month. Thanks, Fitz. And also thank you because HBO Month lasted for more than a month. So thank you for two months of our HBO subscription. Uh, here's a real quick fuck you for Crooked Media for your Crooked Piece of Shit ads. Also, fuck you for Bill Maher and all the other annoying get-off-my-lawn baby boomers who have ruined the planet and the economy before 2040. I am down for some kind of Soylent Green-style recycling system for Bill when the time comes. Um, where's my spoon? If you'd like to contact us to sponsor a show or slander a rival, we are more than willing to do so for money. And if you enjoyed today's ad-free listening, then you owe us. We could stack never-ending crooked ads and create sob stories as to why we need your money, but we don't. Repay your debt now by clicking in the show notes for the survey. If you've already taken the survey, thank you. Tell one other person about our show if you enjoyed today's episode. Once again, Fitz, thank you for the two and a half months of HBO. All right, listeners, so join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the rich lady's mystery, Big Little Lies, will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. And so, Hoisters, we're going to move into part one. This is our spoiler-free episode. Join us in a few days, and you can check out the extended discussion for Somebody Died, the pilot episode of Big Little Lies. So Mo has a background with this show. Go ahead and start us off with your background, Mo. Sure. Well, I am the one who also suggested it, so a little bit biased. But I've seen the whole series. I enjoyed it, and I can't wait for the next season. Um, I watched the first episode when it came out because it just seemed like there was like a really great cast. I read an article that I think ruined it. And then also I just haven't done well with these like Sunday to Sunday HBO dramas. Like I, uh, I've been ruined by the binge culture. What about you, Jimbo? So I had no background, but I did a little research. So this, this was first a New York Times bestselling novel by an Australian writer, Leanne Moriarty. Very quickly, like w- within a month of this book coming out, Reese Weatherspoon and Nicole Kidman got together and got the screen rights from the author. And eventually they will bring on someone that Drew is familiar with, David E. Kelly, to, and he is the one that gets the creator writer credits in the, for the HBO show, although he did not create the story. So Jimbo, why don't you uh, hit us with that two-sentence summary? Shit hits a fan in Monterey after a little rich girl is extremely minorly assaulted by a classmate. Which mother died? Which mother did it? Stay tuned to find out if you should give a steaming pile of crap. There is a time distance between those two events, but Quite a it's, bit. it's a two-sentence summary, yeah. And so now we're going to jump into our spoiler-free evaluation. We're going to start off with some highs, lows, and anything that's in between. So Mo, go ahead, hit us with it. Seeing that I'm from California, I think one of the high points for me uh, it was the shots of California and how beautiful the coast is, especially where all these rich white ladies live. It's pretty gorgeous, but it also reflects really well kind of where the wealth comes from in that part of California. Um, there's a little bit of mention of being on the board of PayPal and 
all these kind of tech booming jobs that are up there. And I just thought, I don't know, I kind of like that about it because it is a major thing happening in California. Oh, yeah. Those are totally tech mansions, like <laughs> so the crazy. sweeping views. And then that one house had its own like little stairs down to its like its own like marina slash bay. I was just like, yep, those people all created Google. <laughs> Gorgeous. And also, why can't that be my house? It can, Mo. Just, just, you know, just keep hoistling. You can? Climb that ladder, Mo. Just <laughs> slash those throats, take over that boardroom, do what you have to do, and get that view. You just have to invent a stupid app. Listeners, if you have any recommendations on apps that you'd like to see in the world, I do. Can, can you write programs? Or we could get podcast famous. <laughs> maybe, maybe an app about uh, pilots, about uh, pilot <laughs> television shows, and how to avoid, I don't know. Um, I agree though. Like that was that was a really cool part. Um, I think the location as well as like the background shots and whatnot really did do a good job of like setting part of the story. So much so that like the characters didn't have to talk about how obscenely wealthy they are. Although Reese Witherspoon character does do a fun job of kind of characterizing the town in a real quick way, but then no one really talks about it for the rest of the episode because they don't have to. You know, it's just like they're soaked in it. What do you think, Jimbo? You know, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to them. I mean, yeah, there was some super rich houses, but I didn't focus too much on the uh, on the landscapes. Hoisters, I, I must apologize. I only watched this episode once pre-recording. I think the best use of it, and like we won't get into specifics, but like um, Laura Dern's character, who's the one who says like, I'm on the board of PayPal. Like, you know, it's just this like great silhouette of like what she wants versus what she has, you know? And like just since the back... The backdrop of it is, like, her holding a glass of wine, like, overlooking, like, just the Pacific Ocean. I think that, like, was a great way of, like, filling in some backstory without there being, like, exposition dumping. So it's a really great use. I think, Mo, that's a great high point. Like, it's a really great use of backgrounds. And I'm sure that California Hollywood people love shooting in, like, Hollywood and California. Yeah, it just did a good job of, yes, depicting the beauty and the wealth, but it it did a good job of also explaining this little town and... The potential for the twisted and darkness to happen. Yeah, I kind of have like a high point that gets flip flopped into a low point, but I feel like the protagonist is is normally the really annoying character on other family shows and on other parenting type shows, and so everything about her her character is typically like the the point of a joke. But in this in this show, it's, she's actually developed really well and made into like a full character. So I, so I thought that was nice that this this somewhat cliche type character is fully developed yeah i mean milo points kind of in there too like the entire first episode is focused on this mystery this mystery this mystery and the mystery and some of these interviews and whatnot got in the way of like character development because you're right like reese witherspoon's character does get a nice three-dimensional view in the first episode um and i don't think it's to the detriment of other characters i think that like this idea of the mystery kind of gets in the way of like developing other people because like they really could have taken the last five minutes and dropped all the shock there. You know, like, I think there was enough drama and I think there was enough character development in, like, small scale um, to fuel, like, 45 minutes. And if they wanted to drop, like, a bombshell at the very end, you know, it didn't need to be a recurring running thing. Yeah, that, that was my low point as well. I, I feel like you just hijacked my low point. But uh, the, if we if we bounce back to True Detective, we also have this this two timelines with characters being interviewed by the police 
so we have the same dynamic here, except the difference between True Detective is you have the main characters being interviewed. And in here, we have a bunch of side characters that nobody knows. None of those characters are shown. And if they are, they're only shown in the background. So we're being interviewed. Or sorry, the, the police are interviewing these characters that, that we don't know. They're not really in the background. Um, they're, they're the other parents in the grades. I mean, they all get, well, they all get little moments. Dude, the two gay dads who said they were going to go have, like, wine night with Reese Witherspoon's character, like, it shows, I mean, they don't, like, they're just not in the background. They all have, like, one or two lines each. I mean, they're nobody characters. Come on, man. They're the parents. They're their parents, man. I feel like those characters are only there just to draw suspense into the plot. And I, and I think that's the problem with the other non-Reese Witherspoon characters as well, kind of what Drew just said. It's like most of the character details just really banking on selling the mystery. Like, you know, you see little bits of just enough information to be like, was it them? Well, I think what they're trying to do in the pilot is I think they're establishing that Shailene Woodley, Laura Dern, Reese Witherspoon and um, Nicole Kidman are the four main characters. And so I think they're kind of withholding those four characters so that you don't know who's dead, who's the murderer, who's affected, who isn't. And so they're using a bunch of like side characters to just set the scene, which I get. I just think they could have like pulled it way back. Well, I wonder if the way they structured that might be based on the way the book is written. It's each character's perspective, but maybe it's from the perspective of the interviewers. I don't know. I haven't read the book. I haven't read the book either. I don't think it took away from it, from it, from it, from me. And it didn't really bother me that much. It kind of showed the, the culture of the school and that plays a big part later on. That's a high point for me, Mo. Like the parent and school drama is so juicy and intense. Like I kind of compared this one to Six Feet Under, like as in like Big Little Lies was like way more favorable than Six Feet Under because like both those shows are about like the little foibles of life. Aside from the murder mystery in Big Little Lies, like they're both just about the minutia of everyday life and finding the drama there. I don't think Six Feet Under did a very good job like dramatizing it and like trying to bring me in with the characters and making them sympathetic. Whereas I think that like Big Little Lies, like, you know, like the way that like all those parents interact and like the confrontation they have is like so freaking real. Like I love reading those like listicles and those articles and those reddits where it talks about like and those even the slate articles where people ask juicy questions about their kids where it's like, dear Prudence, like my mother-in-law is like da 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 to my kid. Like, what do I do? I couldn't imagine. Yeah. School drama when especially when parents are so competitive and intense like that. Mm -mm. No, thanks. Public school it is. Although they were saying how it is public school technically. Yeah. Yeah, they're barely public school. No, I work in I work in a metropolitan public school and like parents are cutthroat. Like I'm in a school choice district and like part of my job is marketing. Like I will like have parents email me. They have questions. They have like ideas and concerns. And like I have to pitch my school, you know, because like numbers matter and enrollment matters and like education is a business. So that part to me was like, oh, we'll talk about it more later. But those are bad teachers. It sounds like we don't have that many low points, though. So it's a pretty like lay like you know superficial low point i think it's a solid pilot sounds like mo's building a case for her least favorable section of the podcast <laughs> that she gets very passionate about <laughs> i would say i think only developing one character when there's an ensemble cast is kind of a big deal to me obviously reese witherspoon was more prominent than the others but there was like the scene a lot of scenes with nicole kidman celeste and her husband and even a little bit of insight into some violence there. Like, it was already given away. Well, that's my point. The, the ins, like, the showing that violence, I feel like is, is 
primarily to develop the murder mystery and not actually the characters. I would say in the pilot episode, we know almost nothing about Nicole Kidman's character. Hmm. Oh, we know she's a former attorney. We know we can infer that she like gave up that life to like raise her two kids. I think that Laura Dern's character gets more development than you're giving it credit for. I think that Reese Witherspoon really shines because she's a fantastic actress and this is good material for her. But I think you're kind of like... I think that Nicole Kidman and Shailene Woodley's characters kind of sacrifice some of their development for mystery stuff. But I do think that like Laura Dern's character um, gets more development than you're giving her credit for. I think she's developed so that we think she's the victim. Maybe, but I mean, she has a pretty nuanced interchange with her husband. That's true. But I will say this though, Mo, in the group interaction scenes, especially with like the three women, like Reese Witherspoon kind of dominates all those scenes. Yeah, she she's always the one that walks away from the situation and gives like the dirt or the her true opinion on on the matter. Like when Renata's like, oh, just joined the board of PayPal's if I have more time to do anything. And then Reese Witherspoon's just like, mm, I'm over you. Bye. <laughs> and uh, the new mother in town, you know, the third mother of the, the big three, I guess. She's like a very mysterious mother. And all that just kind of builds into someone. We need to have some people that we think killed someone. Yeah, that's Shailene Woodley's character. That's her name. That's what I was saying. Jane, yeah. It is funny that, like, uh, Renata thinks that she's one of the au pairs or nannies. And and then at every spoon is like, it's a young mother. Get over it. <laughs> oh, she's young like we you used to be. And then she's like, we used to be. <laughs> okay, Jimbo and I were talking about it. There weren't any funny parts. That was funny. I want to be that kind of mom. <laughs> They're out there, Mo. Like, there's there's a bunch of them. shade on all the all the white ladies. She's like, get out of here. <laughs> but it is funny. It's telling how they're also older moms, which I don't know if that le- is usually because wealth lets you keep having kids at a later age. I don't know. We can get into that in Dingling Threads. Yeah, we can come back to that yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're wondering. Should we, should we move on to... So on that, we will move into the moment before the moment we've all been waiting for. Are we going to watch or rewatch this show uh probably not um game of thrones season five episode two she's like killing it <laughs> tori is mad at me because she's like all you ever do is watch game of thrones and i don't really have anything to say back to her because i'm watching a lot of game of thrones but it's my paternity leave i do what i want valid daddy's need time too <laughs> yeah you know I'm, I'm like almost there mrs anomalous and i we just finished the marvelous Miss Maisel, and we're, there's not really anything that that we're watching. I'm like really close to maybe watching this, but in all reality, probably not. I, I already read the the novel plot, so yeah, I won't rewatch it either, guys. Just because I already saw it, and I don't think it deserves a second go before I watch the next season, which I will tune into. The second season has Meryl Streep. Mo, is it six episodes? There's like eight episodes. Is it short? It's seven. It's pretty short. It's seven. Oh my god, I was about to say, is it going to be a Jimbo high point that the pilot was 53 minutes? This was like a relatively <laughs> short HBO pilot. I didn't, I was expecting you to say something, Jimbo. This pilot was not too long. I'll say that. Like, it was, <laughs> it, it, it was an appropriate length. No, it was. Just a little uh, season two uh, news. Meryl Street is going to be in season two. She's going to play a certain asshole's mother. For the most part, the first season covers almost the whole book, but I guess they intentionally left it open, the ending open. So they got their second season. Okay, so and there's there's a collection of short stories by the, by the same author, and they're using some of the stories in a recent book of hers. They're going to use those same stories 
for season two? Um, no, Jimbo, when you mentioned Meryl Streep, which I, I'm super excited about the cast, but then it made me think about how the cast is mostly white. So I guess that would be a low point is that it really does lack diversity. But again, it's taking place in Monterey, California. It would be kind of contrived if they try to make it diverse when. Yeah, you know, to do another little mini dangle of thread, like there, one of the problems with representation, it's not that like every single show needs to have diverse people. The problem is just like too many shows are just about white people. Yeah, that's always been my feeling. It's not like people like get butt hurt because they're just like, oh, like you can't like force this into like a World War II drama or like you can't force this into like another like British class struggle thing. They just weren't there. I'm like, well, then do we need another World War II drama? Yeah, we have those shows. Like, I completely agree with what you're saying, Jimbo. It's just like, it's not that like we need to like force people that aren't in that scenario into those shows. We just need different shows. Right. Have the season twos take place on the other side of the hill where white people don't live. It doesn't have to be in the same town. Like just giving you perspective. All right, hoisters. And now the moment we've all been waiting for to hoist or not to hoist for any new listeners. Not hoist means this is a good pilot. To hoist means this is not a good pilot. And it looks like we have consensus. So go so go ahead, Mo. Announce it. So by unanimous decision, we are not hoisting this pilot. You know, we've discussed it and we need to free up some time for Mo's favorite section of the podcast. Uh, go ahead, Mo. The put it anywhere, guys. Quest for the best. And for any new listeners, we do have a running list of the best and worst pilots ever that we add each episode. There is a link to our running list in the show notes. Go ahead and click on that and you can see where all these pilots are lined up. So we are going to place this in our running list. I'm thinking Punisher-ish range. This show doesn't do anything new or different. It just tells a really good story with an excellent cast. Where are you at, Mo? I think it's better than Always Sunny. Mo, I have it. I have the quest for the best list in front of me. So do I. You could do it too. It's it's on the internet. There's a link. <laughs> Don't put me on blast. <laughs> let, let me make one short argument for Always Sunny, and then you guys can can put it anywhere, guys. All right. Okay. So I'm saying Always Sunny is doing something. It's it's talking about race on the very first episode. It's it's a late night FX comedy. It's back in I think 2000, maybe what four or five. You know, it's it's kind of doing a lot of things throughout the time, like taking a sitcom, getting a little more socially aware and just being really funny. So if you guys, if that doesn't sway you guys, then is it, the ball's in your court, Mo. I'll say this, Mo. Arguing that it's always sunny does something new and different. I can kind of get behind that because when it came out, it's like just four really unlikable protagonists who's tried to be more unlikable than they can be. And you're right. Like the first episode does talk about race with just a bunch of white people in a pretty, ah, pretty good manner for 2005 so jimbo had not mentioned that point off mic but i do think that it's always sunny does something new or different as opposed to big little lies what do you think mo hmm i just still think i liked big little lies better i don't know why all right so drew it sounds like you have to decide i'm oh, sorry mo did you like it better than rick and morty mo no yes i don't know i hate this list <laughs> Fill out the survey, Mo. <laughs> All right. If it's up to me, then I'm going to write. Sounds like it's up to you, then. Put it anywhere, guys. Uh, put it above a million little things below. It's always sunny. New number 21. 
Okay, so uh, sorry. We're, so now we are uh, we're going to move into our Petardar, and we're going to be wrapping up our mini-sode shortly. So I'll jump in on the Petardar. Um, when we were in Peace Corps, um, I bought this book in South Africa called The Slap. And on the cover, um, it says, like, at a barbecue, um, a man slaps a child who is not his own. And it's this whole Australian family drama about um, – these interconnected cousins uncles brothers and sisters and like someone's cousin like slaps this kid who's like just being a little like jerk at the party like the kid is like the parents are like vegans and like giant hippies and the guy who slaps the kid is like a huge you know finance bro um and it just sets off this whole interfamily drama thing and it really reminded me of kind of the um back and forth and the intense drama of like the school stuff so uh, it's a good book. It was a stupid NBC show. Do not watch the show. But the book is a lot like Big Little Lies. Like, it's fun. What about you guys? Big Little Lies, a novel. Just, you know, I'm just going to give some respect out to the novel because it's, it's supposed to be good enough. I mean, two huge superstars read this book within like the first month and liked it enough to get the screen right. So I think that's worthy. There's also a short story that I absolutely love. This short story knocked me on my feet. It's called The Husband Stitch. The husband stitch, and it's kind of connected to maybe being a mother. It's it's very loosely connected. I'm I'm just looking for a reason to recommend this short story because it's so awesome. Um, I'll recommend Legally Blonde because forever it's forever great, and Reese Witherspoon is great in it. And the song that um, Zoe Kravitz is on with Janelle Monae. So is she a singer as well? Um, I don't know. If she was just on the album just for fun, or I think she might, she probably has like artistic. Oh, it's called Screwed. All right, Hoisters, and this concludes the mini episode for Big Little Lies, pilot titled Somebody's Dead. Join us in a few days for the extended discussion where we will let Mo out, spoilers, running wild, flowing like wine. We will dive deeper into the story and the themes. As always, you need to follow our blog, subscribe to the podcast. Follow all our Twitter accounts. Join our Facebook group. Check out Jake Drew, who produced our intro and outro music. Every day we hoistlin. Pilots and batards out. Every day we hoistlin. Mo out. Oh no, wrong. <laughs> Didn't register.